Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. It's probably going to become a two-part message, maybe a three-part message. On Wednesday night, we will see, for the sake of time, I just got to learn from my uh, boss. For there was a dog walking down the street, and he sees a help wanted sign, so he grabs it, goes into the store, lays down in front of the lady in charge of human resources. She asks, are you looking for a job? The dog wags his tail and moves his head up and down in the affirmative. The lady really doesn't want to give the job to the dog, so she decides to make the interview as difficult as possible. Can you type? The dog goes to the nearest desk with a computer, puts his paws on the keyboard, and begins to type flawlessly. <laughs> it's better than me. The surprised human resource lady remarks, that's quite impressive, but we need someone who also knows how to work in Excel. Without hesitation, the dog opens Excel and creates a spreadsheet full of complex equations. The lady, now very perplexed, is trying to think of a qualification that the dog could not possibly meet. She turns to the dog and says, you are really quite good with the computer, but we also need someone who is bilingual. The dog looks at her with his big brown eyes and goes, A minister introduced a number of improvements in his church, including hot air dryers in the washrooms. He had them removed after two weeks because someone had stuck a notice on one of them which read, for details of last week's sermon, please press here. <laughs> uh, okay. Luke chapter 12. One was okay. The other one was a kid's joke, right? I'm going to be doing junior church starting Sunday. And uh, Pastor Kenny's known me since he was a little one, so he knows I'm a big kid at heart. So I'm going over to not only try to encourage them, teach them, but to have some fun with them. Okay? Amen. Uh, discerning the storms. Luke 12, verse 54. And he said also to the people, when you see a cloud rise out of the west, straightway ye say, there cometh a shower, and so it is. This message came out of a situation, and I wasn't going to preach this. I had prepared something else, and then God didn't give me peace. And I came back to this thing at 6.40. And I had all my notes, everything lined out, and I'm going back to this. Carla wanted to drive. Okay, she had to go someplace yesterday. And with the snowstorm, and I said, it's too bad, you're not going to be able to go. And she goes, I am going, it, the sun is going to come out, it's going to stop snowing. I said, I don't think so, young lady. Okay, 20 minutes later, she goes, see, see, the sun was out and it stopped snowing. She goes, in your face. <laughs> 10 minutes later, it starts snowing again. She looked at me, and then it happened a second time. And she goes, you didn't know I could predict the weather. And so she went. And then she had to wait till 9 o'clock to come home because the snow was too bad after she got there. Okay? So, you know, discerning storms. Again, Luke 12. And he said also to the people, when you see a cloud rise out of the west, straightway ye say, there cometh a shower, and so it is. And when ye see the south wind blow, ye say, there will be heat. And it cometh to pass. 
Ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that ye do not discern this time? Yea, and why even of yourselves judge ye not what is right? Discerning the storms. And so, you know, so many times we have storms in our lives, okay? And we get caught up in them and we fail to, to judge the purpose of that storm in our life. Okay? And what caused the storm to come? How many of you ever cried out, Lord, why me? You know, but, you know, do we look to God's purpose and the right response that give God glory in that storm? So many times we just react in self-interest. You know, we react in self-interest, we, in fear, we get afraid, and we don't know what's going to take place. Well, there's three times God wants us to, to be like, and I want you to turn to... A, 1 Kings chapter 19. We're going to have to be like Elijah. God wants us to be like Elijah and, and stop reacting and just shut up and stand still and listen for God to discern the storm. Okay? So go to, just quickly, 1 Kings 19 in verse 11. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountain and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire a what? And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? So we're going to look at, uh, in the next, maybe tonight, just one, maybe two, it'll be at least two weeks, we're going to look at being able to discern storms. Okay, and the first one is, I want you to turn to Jonah, chapter 1. Jonah. I'll help you out. Jonah is right after Obadiah. Is that much help? Okay, it's right before Micah. Okay, so now it's in the Minor Prophets. Jonah chapter 1. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. And Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. What was he trying to do? Jonah's running from the command God gave him to go. Okay? Everyone's a critic. That's okay. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay, he lay and was fast asleep. Can you get this picture? He's running from God. He's on board a ship going in the wrong direction. Do you know there's verses in our Bible that talks about if I was to ascend into heaven, thou art there. If I was to go into what? The deepest hell? Thou art there. 
you can't escape God. You can't escape him. Okay? Here, these people, their life is in danger. They just, Jonah, because he ran, just cost these mariners their earnings, their value. They were carrying stuff on the ship, and they had to throw it overboard to lighten the ship so it wouldn't sink. So the shipmaster came to him and said, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us and we perish not. And they said, Every one to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots, so we may know whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. And they said unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. And what is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? You ever notice that unsaved people can recognize somebody who's got a connection to God, even when it's not healthy? And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea was wrought and temptuous. And he said unto them, Take me up, and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Well, he's finally come to that realization. How many times do God's people run from God, fall asleep, and not even recognize it? And it has to be pointed out to them by somebody else. Okay? Nevertheless, the men rode hard. They didn't want to throw them overboard. Rode hard to bring it to land, but they could not, for the sea was wrought and the tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done it as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. You never know how God's going to use you to get someone else to recognize the one true God. And now the Lord prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. The first thing we see discerning the storms is sometimes people are stirring the storm. They're stirring the storm. They're running from God's will. If you run from God's will, you can stir up a storm in your life. You say, I don't know what God's will is. Well, then wait on Him, seek His face, get in His book, and ask him to reveal it. If any man lacketh wisdom, let him ask it of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Nothing wavereth. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, what? Tossed to and fro. See, he disobeyed what he knew was right, and ran from the Lord. Okay? He disobeyed. I had someone tell me one time they were mad at God, and I said, well, what about this? Let's talk about this. And I get them, and I ask questions. Anybody meets with me, I'll ask questions, and I'll talk to you more, and then I'll ask more questions. I want you to think about what you're saying to me. 
One, I've been trained how to tell when a person's lying to me. Okay? I won't tell you if you're lying to me. I'll ask you more questions. Secondly, I want you to understand with this, you have to recognize the truth in your own life. Or it makes no difference. You know what we as Christians are good at? We're good at recognizing problems in someone else's life. Right? Okay? Let a man so examine himself. Amen? So he knew what was right from the Lord, and he tried running from it. And his action stirred up a storm. You ever have that happen? I have. I know testimony of some people here, too. They have. Just be honest about it. Oh, I've never run from God. No, you're lying right now. His action stirred up a storm. You know what happened with the storm? It caused others to suffer loss and to be in danger. You wonder what your effect Unto whom much is given, much is required. You don't ever understand when you pull away from God and you're not seeking God's will and looking to do God's will, what the cost is for someone else. Our sinful actions, our habits, always affect those who follow us. He put others in danger. <laughs> they were lost. They didn't even know the Lord God. And they were in danger because of a saved person. Secondly, or I should say, actually, it's the fifth point on this thing as we're going down through it. One, he disobeyed. Two, he tried running. Three, his actions stirred up a storm. Four, the storm caused others to suffer. Five, he was oblivious to what was really going on around him. He was fast asleep. Fast asleep. All I can think of is, some, some of you will get the reference, and some of you will go, where do you get that from? But all I can think of is this stupid show called Family Matters with Steve Urkel. And he'd make some, do something wrong, and he'd go, did I do that? Okay. Is it living color? I don't know where it is, but did I do that? That's not my fault. Hmm? You have understanding. Wake up. Okay, I want you to understand there's a difference between having, having peace in your heart, knowing you're doing the right thing, and a storm coming, and one stirring up a storm. Okay, and he stirred up a storm, and he was asleep during a time of trouble. Do you know how many drunks that have killed people who didn't get hurt in an accident? People who have claimed Christ as Savior because I've had to minister to them. Get in an accident and hurt somebody horribly with the car because they didn't have victory over their own besetting sin, stubborn habit, whatever you want to call it. The world likes to make it an addiction because then they can take away responsibility from you. When you get labeled as an addiction, you say, Well, it's a sickness, I can't control it. It's a choice. It's a choice. People injured, people hurt, people killed. Having no concept of what it is. You look at verse 
me see here. Verse 5, it says, Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man to who? His God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship and the lightning of them. They were crying out to a God who could do them no good. But they weren't crying to the one who could change things. Because the one who could tell them of the one who could change things was fast asleep. You ever notice why we get so many calls for prayers? This church? Do you know we get contacted by Methodists, Presbyterians, Anglicans, Catholics, all different types of groups? Would you pray? They don't even agree with us, but they know something about us. They know that what? We pray. We pray. It wasn't until Jonah became awake and was willing to take responsibility that proper judgment was given for the storm to be calmed. Isn't that amazing? You're told all the time here, keep short accounts with God. You know what that means? If you don't think you sin daily, then you're a fool. And I say that with love in my heart. The Apostle Paul said, I... I daily. Why? Because he says in Romans 7, I know that is in me that is in my flesh dwelleth what? No good thing. For the will is present with me. But he couldn't accomplish what he wanted to. So he had to come before the Lord and confess. Do you greet the Lord in the morning looking for a new day, asking for his mercy? Asking for grace? Praying for others in the morning? Those that seek me early shall what? You know what the last thing should be out of your mouth at night? Lord, forgive me, and you'll go back over things you could have done better. Sometimes you could have done things better. It wasn't sin that what you did, but you know what? It wasn't do all to the glory of God, was it? We have to be willing to bring proper judgment into our lives for the storm to be calmed until you take responsibility for you, no matter what anyone else does, the storm's going to come. Storm's going You know, I had to learn sometimes with Judy and I in our marriage. Yeah, we have a great marriage. Just ask her. That's a dollar. <laughs> I have to pay a dollar every time I tell a lie, so I have to see him. <laughs> he knows that. Okay, she'll say that's a dollar. The point, what it comes down to, it's not perfect. And we have to talk. We have to work things out. We have to work on our relationship. May 25th, 2024, 50 years we'll be married. 50 years. And we still have to work on our communication. Well, you know something? Your relationship with God means you have to work on that what? Because he's always, isn't that? Now, Judy would say, well, that's the way it is with, between her and me, and she's the one. No. Okay. God's always right. 
God's always good. God's always right. He's never wrong. And why do we get angry at Him? Because we don't see what's going on. We don't understand the storm. If we keep a short account, the storms can be less. Amen? Amen. Next Wednesday night, we'll look at stilling the storm. Tonight, it was stirred, and it stirred because we run from what God calls us to do. We run from what He calls us to do. It causes a storm. It affects other people. We don't pay attention. And we don't keep our accounts short with God. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Next Wednesday night, we're going to look at the disciples in a storm out of Luke chapter 8. Try this week not to be stirring the storms because God will use what's ever necessary to work in your life. Amen? For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you receive not chastening, then ye are bastards and not sons. That's the scriptures out of Hebrews. You judge and you discipline those under you that you love and want to take care of to help them. And it says, we had fathers who, what? Chastened us for their pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Try this week not to stir the storms. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Good night and God bless.